0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports card insights here again with Chris McGill. We're going to talk about his, I believe, his favorite player. It's a lot of people's favorite player and favorite documentary after the Last Dance, Michael Jordan, who came across as a as an amazing guy, extremely driven, and that that drivenness helped him uh, to be to have uh, in many in the eyes of many goat status, uh, greatest of all time. So we're going to talk about all things Michael Jordan. In fact, Chris has a podcast, House of Jordans. But I have sponsors I like to thank each episode, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. And I would say that all the sponsors have a strong michael jordan connection that they've all benefited from michael jordan's excellence but let's just say upper deck has benefited quite a bit more than the others and in fact much to panini's chagrin with <laughs> but uh, and back in the day michael was in uh, everybody's products but he had a special relationship with upper deck so and he's had a special relationship i'm not sure it's a one-way street or two-way street with chris mcgill but chris why are you so passionate about michael jordan aside from the fact that he may be the greatest of all time and more dominant in his sport than. Than anybody else is in their sport, perhaps.
1: So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you, uh, Jim, for having me on the show. It's it's an absolute honor. Uh, so I love to answer this question because you know it actually kind of reveals a little bit about myself, and that, that's kind of what collecting is about in certain ways. Sort of expressing ourselves in addition to you know the great players that we revere and the great sets that we enjoy. So why Michael Jordan? Well, first of all, it was by blood. I'm from the Chicagoland area. uh, and That term is used loosely. I'm actually from the Rockford, Illinois area. But nonetheless, you know, that means you have to be a Bulls fan. And so of course I was along with my family. I also really liked the Rockets during that time period, but you know, had definitely had to be the Bulls fan. Got to as a young child and then, you know, young adolescent get to see the Bulls, you know, in Michael Jordan throughout the 90s. It was absolutely amazing, absolutely inspirational. So of course that factors in. But when I came back to the hobby in 2016, I had a very important decision to make, which was which player am I going to focus my collection on? And my first inclination was Hakeem Olajuwon because I loved the Rockets when I was a kid. I tried to model my you know humble post basketball game after the Dream Shake and after all the moves that Hakeem Olajuwon had. I still have back magazines from back in the 90s. I have one of them displayed on one of my shelves of Hakeem Olajuwon and the Rockets on the cover. So like I love the Rockets. But but when I came back to the hobby, something had really changed about me, and I and I had I made the decision that you know what I, I'm even though I have to start humbly, I'm starting small, I want to collect the best. I want to go after the best player. And ultimately, I want to get the best cards of the best player. I just I made that decision. I, I set the bar super high for myself. And I said, I want to do that. And of course, being that in my humble estimation, and especially at that point in time, you know, now there's LeBron James keeps making a stronger, stronger argument here. But especially at that point in time, Michael Jordan was was the goat. In my eyes, he always will be the goat. And so when it when it when it came to make that decision, it it wasn't too tough of a decision. But what made it really easy was I had that childhood connection, that childhood passion back to the Bulls, back to my family, back to my roots, back to Michael Jordan. So like a lot of things kind of all came together, and I settled on Michael Jordan.
0: Okay, but uh, you know Hakeem is is uh, was absolutely amazing and was 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 fabulous, and probably was and, and perhaps still is underappreciated for his excellence in the in the hobby. Don't you think? I mean, no doubt about it. But, okay, so, and, and one of the things that you've done and that I've listened to in some of these things, and, and I've tried to deal with them, I had a Ripple Effect uh, uh, podcast episode with Joe Davis, who we we're talking about how when Michael Jordan gets into these stratospheric uh, price levels, it makes Hakeem and Barkley and these other guys look just like pennies on the dollar. And so, but are you still disciplined to where you're still really, really focused on on, on Michael Jordan? I mean, because you could get 10 Hakeem 10 Olajuwans or more of the same card for for the for the equivalent Michael Jordan in the same set.
1: Well, I'm t- I'm too deep into the Michael Jordan community now to, okay, to okay. make any to make any changes because, you know, we're, we're talking hundreds, yeah. thousands of collectors if you look at the Facebook groups. I talked to probably hundreds of different Jordan collectors over the course of any given week through various group chats and private messages. I mean, we're too, we're too immersed and, okay. and there's too much to be accomplished in Michael Jordan collecting. It's gonna take me a lifetime to even have a satisfactory Michael Jordan collection to add another player to the mix would just be okay. overwhelming.
0: Okay, so we'll focus on Michael Jordan and they're, they're clearly from what you're saying, the, the translation to non-card collectors or others is that there aren't enough to go around especially for these these grail cards that are that are numbered to 50 or, or or 10 or and so you're looking for you you want to get everything or you what what are are there any limits to
1: what you will do <laughs> well two very different questions you know do i want to get everything pragmatically speaking practically speaking there's no way you know there's there's a great great collector who's who's gotten closer to that than anybody ever will his name is nat turner He is, you know, the closest I think that anybody will ever get to that. There's also another great collector from the Philippines named Stephen Goh, who has an amazing Michael Jordan collection. I will never be able to touch these guys, and I know that. Okay, so like, no, we'll not be able to get to everything. But is there a limit uh, to the, the, the only limit that possibly exists on my collecting forays is just budget? There's just only so much I can afford. There's only so much anybody can afford. But short of that, you know, if I have to drive to an obscure location somewhere, if I have to take a trip, if I have to meet somebody, you know, in a police station to do a deal, because that's how they feel comfortable. I've done all these things. So, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go to whatever corner of, of the Internet, of the of the real world, how, whatever it takes, you know, to get to the cards, the grails, the pursuit cards, because there's nothing quite like the pursuit of these super rare, amazing cards.
0: Like, like I say, the hard part is finding them. That's the first part just finding them to be available and then you got to negotiate a I don't even know that I'd call it a fair price because it's in a situation now in the last six months that the fair price is a, it's like a, I don't know if you do a lot of stock market investing, but it's like it's like a, it's like a, like when these these uh, unicorn companies they trade on a multiple of future revenue, not even future earnings you know so I mean it's the, it's the most optimistic thing and some of these Michael Jordan prices, have been projecting out that, yes, this is the fair price today, but at the rate it's increasing, I want this much for it now.
1: Have you been held hostage? Oh, yeah. M- my crown jewel is my 1997-98 Metal Universe Precious Metal Gems Red. <laughs> and the, the seller, I found him on eBay, but, but obviously we ended up ultimately doing the deal in person. No offense, eBay. And so what, what ultimately happened there was we engaged in a negotiation, but the negotiation was extremely one-sided. He named his figure. I tried to come back with something lower. He said, no, no, thank you. I, I, I let that day pass. I, I up my offer like 20%. Uh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm still up. Up it again. Uh, no, thank you. And in fact, I have somebody else who's actually fundraising right now to buy at my price. So I said, okay, I take your price. What do, you, what do we need to do? Where do we need to go? What needs to happen? And, he, and, you know, and he, <laughs> he says, okay, I need you to meet me at a car dealership. It's a few hours away from you. So I'll make it convenient for you. Meet me at this car dealership. Bring it all in cash. I'm going to buy a car and you'll get your card. And that's exactly what happened. I actually had a
0: deal almost like that. I traded, I traded, except I did. This is like showing my age. I guess, gosh, this is a terrible story. I actually flew to New York with uh, a couple satchels of cards that I then traded for traveler's checks, and then flew back and bought a very nice car. So it wasn't. Uh, he didn't say meet me at the. He said actually meet me at the bank, which seemed like a a better better place to meet. But so that's bizarre. But you know, collectors the, the stories of how we get these. Re- these uh, on the higher end, it's it's amazing. So, but it, does it work against you that you're known as a Jordan guy? Or does it work for you? Are people finding things for you? Or you, is it more like you're, like you say, you're being held hostage because well, if he
1: wants it, he will pay. Oh yeah, I think that definitely happens. I, I think there's still enough people who don't know me that I can sometimes fly by under the radar. You know, a lot of these great cards are in the hands of, of collectors who've been collecting for a long time. And they're, they're maybe not totally, you know, up to date on the social media aspect and the podcast and stuff. So th- that's a dream situation. I also have the people, you know, who if, if they see me selling a card, they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to touch it. Why is he selling it? You know, like what's, what's going on here? Uh, so so maybe we don't want to touch a card that he's selling. So at least it, it's, it's kind of that way when it comes to certain cards, but like I've had to fundraise a couple of times to to sort of consolidate my Michael Jordan collection to get some of those grail cards. And let me tell you, there is nothing easier than selling Michael Jordan cards. It's right. they, they sell themselves. So your goal
0: is your goal to have a, you know, in the old days, the goal was to have more cards, bigger collection. Is your goal the opposite? To have it a is. smaller, more elite collection that yes. you can more easily show off on social media. I and mean, if you've got 5,000 different Michael Jordan cards, there's going to be Zoom fatigue or Facebook fatigue of trying to see the, 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 the the ones that are and again none of them are junk anymore. We found out that if you have got the 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 most plentiful Jordan card in the world, which I'm not sure what it is, but I and it'll hurt somebody's feelings if so I say what it is. But if you get a grade and it gets a high grade, it's all of a sudden saleable, even though it's there there are a million of some of the of the Jordan cards were produced.
1: Oh well, yeah, and you absolutely put your finger on the right factor, which is social media. Social media has brought the extroverted personality type to the forefront of the hobby. And on social media, all of a sudden, your collection becomes a direct expression of who you are, What do you collect? Why do you collect it? The story that you tell about it, the way you make the post, the way you take a picture of it, the way you share it with people, the way you connect with people over your collection has become super important. And I think you absolutely have, have hit on the right thread there. You pulled at the right thread, which is that when you consolidate your collection into a smaller amount of maybe what some might consider more elite cards, it allows you to more effectively express who you are, express what you like, express what you care about, and it makes for neater, tidier, you know, social media posts and, and connection with people. And plus, you know, uh, there is something. Does, like, the, the, who are the collectors that I look up to? You know, And, and a lot of those guys are guys who have found the, the ways and the means and have, have had the cleverness to seek out and obtain those really difficult to obtain items. And, the, and we respect them. We admire them. And I, I want to be like them. I emulate them. I look up to them. So that's obviously a factor, too, I think. Okay, so here's a
0: test for you. Uh, tell me how many views each one of these get. There are three scenarios. One is the Michael Jordan collector that has his 10 best cards, and he's going to show them on a YouTube video that's a, a few minutes discussing how he got them and the top 10 Michael Jordan cards that they're the top 10. Okay. The next one has not the top 10, but the next 90 of really, really tough cards. And you know that there's a lot more than 10 tough Michael Jordan cards that are ultra tough. So another 90, but not the top 10, the next 90. And then there's a third YouTube video that goes through exhaustively all the rest of the Jordans. And maybe it takes hours to go through, but it's, it's, it's like a break. You're showing the, this this box of a monster, a monster box full of Jordans. What What's good? I mean, I know what you're going to say, you know, how many more <laughs> hits or or listens or views is the top 10 going to get? Is it going to be exponentially more or are the true Jordan
1: collectors just going to watch them all? Oh, well the true Jordan collector, I will watch them all <laughs> and, and I, you know, and I'll get a different enjoyment out of all them. But you know, I think we actually, have an anecdotal answer to that question because when the or or, a way to answer that question because when the pmg green out of 10 1997 98 metal universe michael jordan card one of the brilliant designs by arena design when that card sold at auction through pwcc which was a little over a year ago now it made the chicago tribune so like clearly there's a fascination and an interest with the more elite cards and we can see that but when you bring youtube into the equation that's a little bit different that's that makes the question a little bit more interesting because there you know nobody like the chicago tribune isn't like filtering and telling you this is important pay attention to it and that has a Trickle down effect on YouTube. People are seeking out the content they want to look at. There might be more people who can relate to the, the video that shows all the you know the wide ranging Michael Jordan collection. It wouldn't totally surprise me if that video, a guy who says, "Look, here's my 1993-94 Ultra Base Michael Jordan card. Here's a 97-98 you know Upper Deck Base Michael Jordan card." That that video might end up getting the most views because you know these are things that when people come back to the hobby, this is what they're searching. They're looking at the cards that they have. That tanker. video. Yeah. They're taking. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. So if I
0: just sat down with my big box of Michael Jordan cards and started, you know, plinking them down and, and videoing. Uh, Somebody's probably already done that, but because my, what I wanted to get at with you is that there's levels of scarcity. The top hundred Michael Jordan cards have become so stratospheric, but then there's another whole bunch of them that are really interesting and they're scarce to some level, but they're attainable for, you know, if you stopped at 100 bucks, there's still so many $100, $50 to $100 Michael Jordan cards you get that people would say, wow, I haven't seen that in a long time or tell me about that. But, you know, if it's slightly different, you know, the red versus green and stuff like that, the, the difference in a, a, a simple color difference is not a simple price difference. And they're just, you know, so, so the really, really grail cards get a lot of the publicity. But are you finding that the, the almost as scarce cards that are attainable that are, say, under a thousand bucks or something? That somebody can save up and do, but when you start talking about six-figure cards, that's that's really cutting out a lot of people.
1: Oh, it's absolutely cutting out a lot of people. You know, if the way, but there, but there's a way that you can parlay your way into a card like that, even if you couldn't do it from day one. And that is by building a collection over time with discipline and then consolidating it, which is exactly what I did. So, had I started from day one to try and get the Grail cards, I would have never be able to do it. But because I built a Michael Jordan collection piecemeal, month after month, year after year, that enabled me and gave me enough. Uh, equity in my collection that I was able to trade in, effectively trade in that equity by selling stuff that I had at appreciated in value. I was able to sell it and then take that lump sum and buy a big card. So even cards that seem unattainable, if you sort of have a collector discipline to see a few years down the line to see the potential, you can actually trade on that equity. And like you said, because the Grails are less attainable, sometimes they don't see the same appreciation percentage. So you can build a collection that can appreciate at a faster rate. You can cash it in and go get one of those Grails that hasn't appreciated the same rate.
0: Well, it's been fascinating, Chris. We're out of time. I knew we'd run out of time, but I don't know we we'll come back and do Michael Jordan at some point. Let's, you know, again, if we, if uh, thanks, Chris. If if listeners have uh, questions or comments, they can they can uh, track Chris through the House of Jordans and some of the, you know his uh, Chris's uh, conversations with Chris and some of the things he's doing in social media. But uh, if you've got questions for me or you want to hear more from Chris, let me know. I'll get him back on and we'll. We'll dig, dig uh, deeper again. If anybody's worth more than one episode to discuss, it's Michael Jordan. So Chris, thanks for your expertise and willingness to share it. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house